This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to our weekly classified Grayman Intelligence Audio Brief. Over the next few minutes, Wesley from Super SE is going to share with you the most important survival intelligence stories that have occurred over the past week from the Gray Man Briefing. This timely and concise reporting will help you to stay sharp and be well ahead of the knowledge curve so that you can be better prepared for what's coming down the road. All right, Wes, take it away. All right, thanks, David. So we'll get right into the brief. From the Gray Man Briefing, this is a weekly recap of news and developments for your situational awareness, as always, with the bottom line up front. Okay, we are back. This is Wesley from Super SE. I'm going to be reading you some briefings from the Gray Man Briefing. Essentially, I'm just going to be looking at the bottom line up front, or the bluff. This is where I give you kind of a summary of recent developments and incidences, certain things that are not covered at all by mainstream media, or if they are, um, they're covered with bias. The hopes here is just that you get some situational awareness. You see some trends you can take some preparedness steps or maybe even vote or support or not support certain groups or organizations. We just want you to know what's happening and I think the Gray Man Briefing is a great way for at least the prepared or the everyday civilian to understand what's happening to take those steps. We're going to start with censorship and privacy briefings. Let's get right into it. The House Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Federal Government says that the Department of Homeland Security used claims of disinformation in order to censor citizens. In the report, it detailed that constitutionally protected speech was being intentionally suppressed as a consequence of the federal government's direct action. Over in New York, the governor announced that the state and their officials have ramped up the collecting of surveillance efforts, including what's being said on social media. The increased monitoring is alleged to be an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity, this is a quote, counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on online platforms. Presidential presidential candidate Nikki Haley has called for every person on social media to be required to verify their true identity and display their name on their accounts. Meta, that's Facebook and Instagram, will continue a 2022 policy change that allows for political advertisements to challenge the results of the 2020 election and it permits words such as rigged or stolen in those ads. The FCC has adopted a package giving government control over the internet, and the DHS has developed tools to see through walls. Last month, we saw that Meta, that's again Facebook and Instagram, increased their applications of demonetizing and shadow banning accounts and specific posts for alleged violations of community guidelines. This was 
particularly hitting the knife community, those sharing pictures of their pocket knives, their EDC, things like that. Well, let's circle back to New York again. We were just talking about what the governor did there. So the governor's now directed the Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services, this is their state agency, to develop a media literacy toolkit for kindergartens through 12th grade to quote, help public school educators teach their students how to spot misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation online. So they're basically crowdsourcing not only other teachers and educators, but also to students as part of their kind of propaganda arm. An Air Force base in North Dakota threatened soldiers who attended Republican political event. Trump vowed to cancel Biden's artificial intelligence censorship efforts if he was reelected. Right-leaning websites have been blocked to Congress. Uh, so basically, if a representative is trying to access a website such as the Gateway Pundit, it will not load. It will not appear. You'll get a warning. Threads, this is that Instagram spinoff that's like a clone of Twitter. It's uh, going to avoid chronological feed format, which a lot of people say improves their ability to censor content. The federal government has been receiving push notification data from users of Apple and Google phones, or not necessarily Google phones, but those that use Android. You may have all the protection in the world on your phone. You may think your data is private, can't be seen. Maybe you're using something like Signal or Telegram. But if you have push notifications on, apparently whatever shows up in that push notification, Apple and Google has been giving to the federal government. And Meta set a new default setting to censor information deemed false by fact checkers. So this is something uh, the Gray Man brief posted a whole briefing about. But I know if you go into your settings, you'll see an option there where by default Instagram will block certain content if it thinks it might be false information and you'll just never see it. But for now you have the ability to go in and change that setting and it's only available for like from what we've seen 70% of users can find that setting. In what First Amendment advocates are calling the most important free speech case of the century, the Supreme Court of the U.S. has agreed to hear the Murphy v. Missouri case. This is basically the Missouri v. Biden federal censorship case. T-Mobile began monitoring text messages and fining business customers up to $2,000 or just censoring the content. If a company tries to send out a message to a regular consumer, they can altogether just block that text from going out. We're talking about text messages, SMS. And under the, the new policy, it specifically talks about shaft. This is sex, hate, alcohol, firearms, and tobacco. So a, a whole long list, list of subjective content that T-Mobile can determine to be, you know, disinformation or spam or, you know, you name it. This is going to be enforced through the Cellular Telephone Industries Association or the CTIA. We saw that pharmacies have been providing data to federal law enforcement officers without a warrant. However, they're using subpoenas, so that's still a legal issue. Uh, Canada has banned citizens from calling drag queens groomers, child groomers. Human Rights Watch has alleged new censorship efforts at Meta. The FCC has banned Rite Aid, this is another pharmacy, from using AI facial recognition after they said that some people were being identified incorrectly. The Rite Aid started using this facial recognition to combat shoplifting. TikTok has started requiring Apple users provide their Apple ID password, and the AFL has linked Biden or his administration to the targeting of parents. Okay, let's shift over into our supply chain and labor force briefing. We're seeing the cost of pet care 
increasing three to four percent per year above inflation levels and this is expected to continue for the next 10 years and part blamed on a shortage of veterinarians you're already seeing these impacts in nevada and california a labor shortage of air traffic controllers has worsened according to the national transportation safety board uh, reports say it's led to scheduling issues and fatigue uh, lack of or deficient supervisory oversight distraction, ineffective scanning, lack of meaningful value-added training, and lack of technologies that can provide redundancy. School bus drivers, teachers, first responder shortages are persisting. Truck driver shortages have eased a little, but according to other reports, they're not much better. There's an 80,000 truck driver shortage at the closeout of 2023, and it's expected to increase to 160,000. That means we're going to be down 160,000 truck drivers by 2030. Poor harvest has been blamed for a global deficit of about 5.4 million metric tons of sugar and raw material labor and semiconductor shortages persist in the automotive industry. AP Muller-Mersk announced that it will pause all container shipments through the Red Sea due to increased attacks by Houthi rebels and pro-Palestinian threat groups. They basically said quote, we have instructed all Mersk vessels in the area bound to pass through Bab al-Mandab Strait to pause their journey until further notice. The Panama Canal Authority announced an additional set of restrictions to reduce transit capacity as a result of continued low water levels. Back in August, they dropped from 36 to 32 vessels being allowed to go through the canal. It's now been reduced to 25 vessels. The canal, prior to the water level-induced reduction, saw 6% of global trade passing through. Vista Outdoor, this is the ammo manufacturer that was recently sold to a foreign entity. They announced a 1-10% to 10% price increase on ammo. This coincided with a donation of 1 million rounds of ammo to Ukraine. Food prices are continuing to rise. Analysts have cited an El Nino phenomenon, export restrictions, increased energy costs, increased interest rates, and increased biofuel commitments as causes for this uh, supply chain crisis related to food. This is affecting things such as wheat, corn, soybean, oil, uh, a lot of oils used in food, and rice. Okay, now let's shift over into our infrastructure briefing. President Biden has announced that he will invoke the powers from a Cold War era 1950 Defense Production Act to provide funding to increase citizens' use of electric heat pumps while reducing the usage of gas and oil heating. As part of the administration, administration's efforts to increase domestic production of green energy technologies. This is what opponents are calling corporate warfare and political capital. They say the Biden admin will send taxpayer funds to multi-billion dollar corporations such as Copeland, Honeywell International, Mitsubishi Electric, and York International Corporation to advance electric heat pump technology and cancel out gas and oil heating. President Biden also said that coal power plants all across America, that's a quote, would be closed under the administration climate agenda. At the U.S. Special Envoy for Climate, John Kerry, announced at the COP28 Climate Change Summit that the U.S. would, quote, stop building new unabated coal power plant, end quote, and replace them with wind and solar plant. In Detroit, Michigan, the nation's first electric vehicle wireless charging roadway has been installed. This will allow EVs to drive across the road and recharge as they're driving. According to a study and recent geographical maps published in the PNAS Next this journal by Virginia Tech and the U.S. Geological Survey. The East Coast has a subsidence rate, basically that means a sinking of the landmass, of about two millimeters a year within some sections of the Mid-Atlantic. They're seeing five millimeters a year 
of the landmass sinking. The issue here is it's degrading critical infrastructure such as roads, railways, airports, and levees. New York City and Long Island, Baltimore, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, they're reporting areas of, quote, rapid subsidence or sinking land alongside more slowly sinking relatively stable ground, which has caused increased risk of these roadways, runways, and building foundations, rail lines, pipelines. Um, the risk is higher to those in high population areas with high property density and historical complacency toward infrastructure maintenance. Okay, so a few more of these are both infrastructure and cybersecurity related, so we're going to kind of shift into the cybersecurity briefing now. In Pennsylvania, an Iranian-backed hacking group known as the Cyber Avengers claimed responsibility for a cyber attack on a water utility in the area. The breach allowed them to gain control of a booster station via software made by an Israeli-owned firm. The group said that, quote, every equipment made in Israel is Cyber Avengers' legal target. In recent weeks, that same group has made 10 successful cyber attacks on infrastructure. And they're all targeting software made or associated with Israel. Pro-Palestinian groups are calling for boycotts of companies that they claim are linked to Israel. Or those that sell Israeli products or use Israeli developed software or whose finances are somehow tied to Israel. Among those affected are Walmart, UPS, Microsoft, Capital One, FedEx. So a lot of correlations here with the supply chain. And as we just mentioned with uh, the water utility, it's also directly related to the U.S. infrastructure. Because if we move over to North Texas, the uh, water utility there was also hit with a cyber attack. 30,000 files of sensitive data was breached. The regional water district also reported it experienced an interruption in phone service. This attack was linked back to Dixon team ransomware group, which is linked to the Chinese Communist Party. In Oklahoma, New Jersey, Texas, Idaho, Kansas, uh, New Mexico, we saw a wide range of cyber attacks on healthcare facilities. It actually, not only did it breach data, and not only was it a ransomware attack, it also affected the hospitals in a way where they had to close ERs or redirect patients from ERs. Um, in many cases, for more than three days, new patients were not accepted to ERs in many of the hospitals. Uh, especially the ardent health services hospitals in those states I listed. The FBI, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the NSA, and the EPA, they issued a warning of anti-Israeli-inspired cyber attacks targeting U.S. water and wastewater systems. They said, quote, energy, food, and beverage manufacturing and healthcare sectors are impacted by malicious cyber activity against operational technology devices by Iranian government Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. The Idaho National Library, which is a nuclear research center that receives taxpayer funds, was hit with a cyber attack by Sijd Sek. The criminal hacktivist group claims to be gay furry hackers. They actually recently breached NATO information systems and they frequently target government organizations and companies that counter LGBT agendas. Of note that Idaho National Library that was hit is affiliated with nuclear reactor cybersecurity and power grid research and as I said before it's funded through the federal government. 23andMe, this is that ancestry service where you send your DNA, your hair, or whatever to. It suffered a significant number of files containing profile information about other users' ancestry in a new cyber attack. 
6.9 million customers had their data breached, including their names, their birth year, relationship labels, the percentage of DNA shared with their relatives, ancestry reports, and their locations. Hackers linked to the Chinese People or the China's People's Liberation Army, the PLA, have breached the information systems of 20 plus U.S. infrastructure entities across the state. This includes at least one water utility in Hawaii, one power grid operator in Texas, and unspecified oil and gas pipelines, along with a port over in California. As of now, no attacks have been triggered. China remains or retains control and access, but they've yet to attack. The projection here is that they're waiting for a strategic time, such as maybe when they invade Taiwan. This is all connected to that Volt Typhoon campaign that we've discussed on the Grayman Briefing in the past. First America, this is the US's second largest title company, along with Fidelity National Financial, another title company. Both suffered cyber attacks that led to the breaches of information, as well as hackers acquiring certain credentials and websites being taken offline. This one was conducted by ALF5 and Black Cat, which is a Russian-linked cybercrime gang. Since that group started up, they've attacked over a thousand information systems, including believe it was in 2022, they breached Amazon's Ring security cameras, as well as some U.S. agricultural sectors. All right, now let's shift over into our health and safety briefings. Uh, we'll kind of focus on new COVID-19 related developments here. Researchers have found that Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine is adulterated due to the undisclosed presence of a DNA sequence of simian virus 40, that's SV40. The sequence does not contain the entire virus, but experts have warned it has the ability to enter the new nucleus and cause harm and that its presence violates federal law as it differs from the official compendium. In Texas, the governor signed into law Senate Bill 7, which prohibits private businesses from mandating employees and contractors to get a COVID-19 vaccine. After the U.S. Army mandated that soldiers receive that COVID-19 vaccine, they ended up discharging 1,900 soldiers were failing to comply with that vaccine. Late last year, the Army failed to reach its recruiting goal by 10,000. And so back in November, they mailed soldiers a guidance letter, a recruitment appeal saying, I won't go into it, but basically it says, hey, we want you back. We're sorry that we got rid of you for not getting the vaccine. It went on to say, basically, we will make that go away, change your documents. Yeah, so they're hurting and now they're wanting everybody back that left either from being required to leave or those that chose, hey, I'm going to leave before I have to get the shot. A peer-reviewed study published in the Epidemiology and Infection Journal found that people who, quote, almost always or always wore face masks were more likely to test positive for COVID-19. Those who wore masks had a 4% to 40% higher incident rate of contracting the virus compared to those that did not. Of course, if you go on the Gray Man Briefing, you can see the links directly to these studies of anything I'm talking about. All these briefings have their sources cited, and this one is from Cambridge. Definitely go over to www.graymanbriefing.com. That's gray with an A 
if you want to see some of the sources for these things that I'm reading out from the Gray Man Briefing. Again, Texas has uh, filed a lawsuit against Pfizer for, mer- for misleading the public as to the efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccine and the censoring claims that countered the company's narrative. The state's attorney general said that people were, quote, coerced by tyrannical vaccine mandates to take a defective product sold by lies. And of course, we've got that uh, case cited on the Gray Band Briefing. You can open up the case itself. A fourth vaccine dose was less effective than all previous doses, and those who got the shot were more likely to die of COVID-19 than the unvaccinated. This is according to an observational data-reviewed study published in the European Journal of Clinical Investigation. And again, you can read more about this by checking out the sources on the Gray Man Briefing. Okay, let's shift into our government oversight briefing. So back in 2022, the FDA introduced new rules under the Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act. This was an effort to ban menthol cigarettes and other characterizing flavors in cigars. So late last year, the FDA reached its final approval level after sending that proposal to the White House Office of Management and Budget. And it's a little bit old news now, but I realize we didn't mention it in the last podcast, but the Speaker of the House, the new one, released 44,000 hours of video from Capitol Hill security surveillance cameras taken on January 6th. And those are available online, and we've got the link on Gray Man Briefing. And also a little bit old news, Um, this happened late last year, but pretty critical information here. So the IRS announced that it would delay the enactment of the American Rescue Plan tax change that was going to impose a $600 threshold of reporting for income received. The 600 rule would lower the income threshold above which taxpayers are required to declare income from third-party apps and marketplaces. This includes anyone or small businesses using Etsy, eBay, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, Ticketmaster, you name it. They would have to file a 1099-K. So right now that's going to be delayed until I think it's 2025. So it remains the threshold is $20,000 for 2023, but it will go down to 5,000 in this year, 2024 for this filing. Okay, so the director of the Air Marshal National Council, they advised that persons who visited the National Capital Region, that's the NCR of Washington, D.C., during the month of January 2021, this is all about January 6th, have been and continue to be targets of the Transportation Security Administration, the TSA, as well as U.S. Air Marshals, as part of a formerly confidential program called Operation Quiet Skies. The director claimed that those who have traveled to the area around the time of January 6th are on a domestic terrorist list that permits them to travel via airlines, but only after enhanced security measures are performed. This includes having four S's marked on their boarding passes. The mark indicates that the passenger is a higher risk and needs to go through additional security screening. The director said, quote, you did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been on a specific list that the TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had any type of criminal investigation. They have not committed the crime. So if anybody was there for a job interview, to visit family. We even had one gentleman that was there for a funeral. They were put on the domestic terrorist list just because of their geographical location to Washington, D.C. 
end quote, during that January 2021 time frame. So that's some, some pretty massive news, uh, according to the director of the Air Marshal National Council. In August 2023, it was revealed that the DOJ obtained a search warrant for Twitter data related to special counsel Jack Smith's prosecution of uh, former President Trump. The DOJ was, of course, granted that warrant. Twitter made a First Amendment challenge to the order, but a district court denied it, and Twitter then had to provide the information after it was fined $350,000 under uh, Elon Musk's control. The warrant was served in January of 2023. It was initially presumed that the data obtained by the DOJ was related only to Trump's data and, of course, his engagement. But late last year, a document released by the DOJ revealed that investigators also sought to receive data on all users who interacted with Trump's account. So if you had a Twitter account or an X account and you liked a Trump's post, you shared one, you commented on one, you were also underneath that search warrant and the federal government obtained data about you, who you followed, unfollowed, muted, blocked, unblocked, favorited, tweeted. So we knew about Trump's data being taken. The new thing here is so was yours if you interacted at all, even if it was a negative interaction towards Trump. The National Transportation Safety Board has called on the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration to mandate an ISA. This is the Intelligent Speed Assistance. So basically, let me just break this down rather than read this to you. So the NTSB wants at least passive, they would prefer active ISA technology to be installed on all new vehicles. This would limit you from going above the posted speed limit. It would use GPS and internet and other data to be able to determine what the speed limit is in the area that you're driving. And it would just prevent you from going above the speed limit. They want to also, quote, develop countermeasures to reduce repeat speeding offenders. And it would provide, quote, identification and tracking of repeat speed offenders. So this is trying to be put into new vehicles. We will see if it happens. It's already happened in Europe. Europeans commissioned vehicle general safety regulation was mandated, I think, in 2021. But so it's already happening outside the U.S. And now it looks like it might happen here. A federal appeals court ruled that former President Trump can be civilly sued by persons who allege they suffered arising from any sort of emotional damage related to January 6th. So if you suffered any sort of emotional damage or anything like that, you can sue President Trump for it. Former President Trump. The Department of Justice sued and settled with a Christian trucking company, Covenant Logistics, over claims of discrimination. The company now must pay $700,000 for attempting to verify if illegal immigrants and non-U.S. citizens who applied for jobs at their company were lawfully permitted with, to work within the U.S. The Civil Rights Division of the DOJ said that, quote, employers cannot discriminate against non-U.S. citizens by demanding specific or unnecessary documents from them to prove their permission to work. The DOJ claimed that employers cannot ask for green cards when an employee who is not a U.S. citizen applies for work. Of note, according to the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, that's what a green card is for. But not if you're Covenant Logistics and a Christian company, the DOJ will sue you for verifying that the person applying to work for you is a U.S. citizen. Also of note, if you hire an illegal immigrant to work for you, it's against federal law. 
So they're kind of in a pickle here. They tried to do what they're supposed to, but well, I think you get it. Subpoenaed bank records by the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability showed that President Biden received direct monthly payments beginning in 2018 from Owasco PC, which was Hunter Biden's business. Owasco received, quote, millions of dollars of Chinese Communist Party linked payments. The committee has now identified, quote, over 20 shell companies and uncovered how the Bidens and their associates raked in over $24 million between 2015 and 2019 by selling Joe Biden as the brand, end quote. The Biden administration's Children Bureau and Administration on Children, Youth, and Families, along with the Administration for Children and Families and the Department of Health and Human Services, have proposed a new rule that opponents say would prevent as many as 32% of foster children from being placed in homes of Christian or religious families. The rule would, quote, implement specific processes and requirements to ensure children in foster care who identify as LGBTQI plus are provided with placements the agency designates as safe and appropriate for an LGBTQI plus child and with services that are necessary to support their health and well-being. And according to the agency, Christian and religious, certain religious families who do not support gender-affirming care, which are the mutilation of genitalia of children, are not supporting of their LGBTQI plus needs and therefore cannot be placed within those households. The Supreme Court of the United States will rule on three cases that will affect the power of the federal government. It's actually happening this week when SCOTUS returns to session. These three cases, rather than name them all, is basically dealing with separation of power principles, the appropriations clause, the Chevron doctrine, a lot of different things that will determine how much power the federal government has to assert authority on citizens and businesses and organizations. Definitely, you probably want to read the briefing on this one at graymanbriefing.com. SCOTUS is also taking up that Colorado case where the state attempted to ban President Trump from ballots. We've got a lot on the whole election security thing over at the Gray Man Briefing. Probably too much to get into here. From Maine to every other state trying to keep conservatives off the ballots, Gray Man Briefing's covered that if you're interested in it. All right, in the moment here, we're going to shift into the Second Amendment and then finish up with civil unrest. Now, before we get into the rest of today's show, let's talk everyday carry. In a world full of uncertainty, what you carry on you every day matters. A tough, sharp, and versatile everyday carry knife is an indispensable survival and preparedness tool. However, most knives are either too big for everyday carry, too fragile for tough situations, or can't adapt to your changing needs. But there is a solution. After seven years of design, development, and field testing, I'm happy to announce the new MSK1 Mini Edge, the ultimate all-purpose EDC knife. Edge just blew up Kickstarter and got funded in less than two hours because Edge is not just a tough knife, but an everyday carry survival system that travels light, cuts big, adapts to your needs, is full of surprises, and is ready for any adventure. To be the first to get yours, head over to ultimatesurvivaltips.com forward slash edge or search edge knife on kickstarter thank you in advance for your support okay let's do the civil unrest brief and we'll finish up with our 2a 
In Washington, D.C., pro-Palestinian rioters gathered outside the Democratic National Committee, that's the DNC headquarters. U.S. Capitol Police reported they were working to keep back approximately 150 people who were illegally and violently protesting, end quote. The rioters clashed with law enforcement, injured six officers, and observations of video uploaded to social media show rioters attempting to break into the DNC building, pushing, shoving officers, and toppling and destroying barricades. Moving on, New York State Intelligence Center has warned that Israel's response to Hamas's October attack, quote, raises the likelihood that violent extremist threat actors will seek to conduct attacks against targets in the West, with New York being a focus. Pro-Palestinian protesters rallied against the suspension of threatening student groups in New York. Pro-Palestinians blocked major bridges and roads in California and Illinois. The Chinese Communist Party and Chinese diaspora brawl in California. J6 videos show undercover federal agents posed as Antifa and MAGA. Also revealed that less lethal munitions were used against lawful and peaceful protesters. Pro-choice activists attacked 200 Catholic churches since that SCOTUS leak. Antifa and LGBT activists pepper sprayed and pied, like with like a apple pie, I guess, a women's group in Oregon. Black abolitionists trained to conduct direct actions in Washington, D.C. Black Lives Matter and pro-Palestinians conducted a disruption action in D.C. Pro-Palestinians blocked the Thanksgiving Day Parade by gluing themselves to the road. And a third reverse racism assault homicide occurred in California, third within a month span. A shopping mall in North Carolina was locked down after pro-Palestinians conducted another direct action there. Civil unrest is happening in New York City. The NYPD Intelligence and Counterterrorism Bureau issued a threat assessment advising that ahead of that Rockefeller Christmas lighting last year that pro-Palestinian protesters had previously disrupted a tree lighting in Seattle and warned law enforcement agencies to be on alert during that tree lighting after they took note that 34 of these pro-Palestinian protesters were arrested during the Thanksgiving Day Parade. They called for supporters to bring flag signs and to flood the tree lighting and this is one of those where like 500,000 people attend. And of course, we're going back. We're, we're covering a lot here. We haven't done a podcast, I think, since early December, late November. So I'm just catching up on a bunch of stuff that's happened. Pro-Palestinian set himself on fire in front of the Israeli consulate in Georgia. A Jewish teacher was trapped in her school after students began to riot there against a recent post she'd made in support of Israel. I think she was barricaded for like two or three hours until police could come and save her. Customers at restaurants in Washington and New York were surrounded by Antifa and pro-Palestinian rioters. Officers in New York were assaulted by pro-Palestinians as fires were set. Black Lives Matter activists who posed as a MAGA activist on January 6th, was convicted on all counts. In Vermont, a white man targeted and shot three Palestinians. Black Lives Matter protested uh, against the police shooting of an armed suspect in Alabama. A woman tries to burn down Martin Luther King Jr.'s birth home. It was a, a black female, and she was stopped by retired police officers who were just walking by. Uh, Pro-Palestinians replaced the U.S. flag with a Palestinian flag at the Golden Gate Bridge. Street takeovers continued to disrupt traffic in multiple cities, specifically in California. Pro-Palestinians also disrupted traffic and blocked LAX airport and vandalized businesses in Pennsylvania and California. Jewish persons were targeted in California and Ohio. Biden admin protested 
this is the Biden administration's officials, they actually protested against Israel outside of the White House. Anti-government overreach activists used an IED to destroy a counter gas vehicle camera in the United Kingdom. That's one of those ULES cameras. Let's move on. Pro-Palestinian protesters vandalized the Lincoln Memorial. They blocked access to JFK, LAX, and ORD airports. They rallied outside the Secretary of Defense's private home, as well as the, I believe it was the National Security Advisor's home as well. Um, they rioted in New York, California, and Illinois. BLM protested the acquittal of a Washington police officer who was charged with the murder of a black man who died from a self-imposed overdose. Patriot Front vandalized buildings in Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Louisiana, and Alabama. A land invasion of illegal immigrants breaks multiple records in crossings along the southern border. They, I believe it was 302,000 that entered in December, making it a single-month record. And again, street takeovers continue to persist in California. Pro-Palestinian protesters organized a direct action at JFK Airport. That was on January 1st as part of the Flood JFK for Gaza operation. And it was, I believe, the fifth disruption at U.S. airports since mid-October. Okay, before we finish with the Second Amendment briefing, I just want to point out that there's so much we did not have time to cover. We didn't look into the First Amendment, educational briefing, economic briefing, major crime, major incidences, natural disasters, law and order briefing, national security. There's just a lot we don't have time to cover in just 30 minutes or an hour here on the podcast. If any of this interests you, you can definitely join at graymanbriefing.com. It's $5 a month, $50 a year. There's also a lifetime plan. The news and intel and situational awareness is sent to you via like a text message on the Signal app or the Telegram app. So it's like you're just getting a message with pertinent news. And if the apps are not your thing, it's also sent via email weekly. And if you stay tuned to the end of this podcast, we will drop a coupon for you. All right, let's get into the Second Amendment. So over in California, a man who was defending his home from suspects he doesn't even know who were trying to break into his house, he was armed. He returned fire after they shot at him, or maybe he shot first, but they were armed and aiming at him. Anyway, the sheriff's office that had issued his concealed carry permit has now revoked it, reportedly because the homeowner had gotten a verbal confrontation with the LAPD a few days after this happened. I guess he wasn't satisfied with their response or something, but they revoked his license after he just used a gun to defend himself from home intruders. Lawmakers are questioning the motive behind the Biden administration's ban on firearms and ammo exports to civilians. Um, they also warn of the impacts of such a ban. There's just 46 senators that sent a letter to the Department of Commerce over this. A federal court found that Maryland's handgun permit requirements were unconstitutional. This was the U.S. Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. So these requirements, they included what the court said was not consistent with historical tradition. They said you must obtain a handgun qualification license. Getting that license requires, among other things, submitting fingerprints to undergo a background investigation, taking a four-hour-long firearm safety training course in which you must fire at least one live round. Then after submitting your application for this extra license, you must wait up to 30 days for approval before you can start the rest of the process. There's a whole long line of processes that Maryland was making people jump through to be able to get a permit, and the court says unconstitutional. Over in Virginia, lawmakers pre-filed bills that would ban most semi-automatic rifles, pistols, and shotguns, as well as magazines holding more than 10 rounds. Over in Ohio, a law to block localities from regulating knives and firearms is progressing. 
So that would be a positive thing for knife and firearm owners. This is Ohio Senate Bill 58. Definitely look more into that. It's basically accusing the state of requiring an insurance fee, which is a form of taxation, and they call it unconstitutional. For plaintiffs in this case, a new case I'm talking about, the ATF's enforcement efforts following their redefinition of force reset triggers has been blocked for those plaintiffs. So a temporary relief. Over in New York, the ACLU will actually represent the NRA in a case where New York authorities attempted to pressure financial financial institutions to not do business with pro-Second Amendment organizations. Also in New York, a court permits New York to ban guns in sensitive locations, places like parks, bars, theaters, rallies, beaches, trails. In Illinois, the Supreme Court has denied a request to block a law that bans standard capacity magazines, 50 cals, and most semi-automatic rifles, and also required registration. This was the uh, Protect Illinois Community Act. So that PICA law will remain in place while being litigated in lower courts after the U.S. Supreme Court refused to intervene. The White House's new, whatever you want to call it, I call it anti-gun, but their new gun control office has met with state lawmakers and proposed a template of the DOJ's model legislation and recommends executive actions to degrade the Second Amendment in a claimed effort to combat gun violence. Basically, they're going to use like a blanket set of laws the DOJ has tested and thinks will work and send that blanket template of laws to all the states they believe will pass them and introduce them basically as laws so they can be passed. In California, federal law issued a preliminary injunction blocking California from enforcing SB2, Senate Bill 2, which was a law that bans firearms in most public places. The court said the law is repugnant to the Second Amendment. In Nebraska, the Attorney General notified cities that have banned firearms in sensitive locations that they are acting unlawfully and unconstitutionally. This is regarding LB 77. That law prevents localities from preempting state law. So these smaller towns, such as Omaha and Lincoln, are trying to ban firearms, but the state is saying, hey, no, we have a state law that says you can't do that. If it's legal in the state, it's legal in your city. And I think that's just about it for the 2A. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I hope some of this helps you guys. Happy New Year. We're going to get back onto regularly scheduled releases of these Gray Man Briefing summaries. Head over to graymanbriefing.com if you want more and stay tuned. Here's a coupon coming up for you. So before we head out of here, let us know what you think of these briefs by emailing us at help at ultimatesurvivaltips.com or you can contact us through our website and the home base for this podcast, ultimatesurvivaltips.com. If you'd like to be even further ahead of the preparedness curve and get daily briefs from Wes delivered privately to you, Wes is giving Survival Show podcast subscribers $1 off the normal monthly subscription cost of $5. So for only $4 a month, you can get daily intelligence briefings from Wes when you go over to graymanbriefing.com and enter code GBCUST at checkout. All right, that's about it. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.